Welcome everyone, I'm Sammy Lee and this is Chasing Sammy, a podcast all about candid conversations with everyday people because we all have a story to tell as sometimes hearing someone else's story is how we make sense of our own. The coronavirus is a global pandemic. At the time of this recording, the best means to beat this virus is to self-quarantine. Many of us are working from home or using the time to read, watch a ton of shows, focus on hobbies and self-care as the world around us struggles from this outbreak. Staying inside and staying healthy are the best ways to fight this right now. But mentally, this could be a struggle for some. In this episode, my dear friend, Dr. Mia Papagallo, MD, a New York board certified psychiatry specialist with over 20 years experience, joins me to discuss how we can mentally prepare ourselves during this time of self-quarantining and social distancing. All links mentioned are available in the show notes. Okay, let's get into it. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. I'm remarkably doing well, considering everything. Yeah, because it's been about um, a week and change. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Been on lockdown. At least yeah. I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's crazy just because it's, it's one of those things where um, you as a, a professional who sees people regularly, they rely uh-huh. on you to, you know, face-to-face <laughs> contact. And yes. And we are on this crazy, like, self-quarantine situation, Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to have contact with anyone. Right. Impacting you, your business, your your clients. Um, Yeah. How has that been for you? It's, it's, it's been weird. It's been an adjustment, but I have to say, look, I don't, I'm not a telepsychiatrist, so I don't typically do telepsychiatry. I'm not um, certified to do it. And there's a whole set of um, credentials that you need to get and to sign up for to, to be able to do it. I will say I've got a little bit of experience using this platform to do sessions. It is, it's very different though. Like the week before last, when I was still open, my office was still open. I had patients coming in for their appointments and, you know, we were hand sanitizing and wiping everything down. And they were, I had one woman who said, oh, I was so excited to come in today because this is my social contact for the week. And so people have been relieved to have sessions and they need a place to process all this. Um, But I've got to say, it's been a remarkably smooth transition. People have really kind of embraced the, look, I think we're also dealing with a culture now that really embraces online technology and this sort of thing. So that's, that's in our favor. But we've, you know, we've made the adjustment. That's interesting that you bring up that for some people, this is their, this is the, their means of social interaction. They're looking yeah. for their, their session. They're looking forward to that, uh-huh. that nice time with a, a real person. And mm-hmm. yes. Yeah actively being stripped away what are the tips you know if they're hunkered down where they are alone mm-hmm. well you know it's different for different people and this has really come up this week because look as you know about me i like my me time I <laughs> <don't wanna laughs> but no we don't all and i think that's what i'm starting to see and you know okay there's this sort of um on the internet, there's a lot of memes about introverts and extroverts, and I don't want to just boil it down to this dichotomy, but I think there's a lot to it. Some people, so the idea behind introverts is that introverts replenish themselves with alone time. Extroverts recharge by being with people. And it's hard for, and look, I definitely recharge with people some of the time. Um, so I would be one of those extroverted introverts, if you're going to go by that. Um, and these are not psychological diagnoses by any means. But people like me who recharge with alone time seem to be doing a lot better right now than people who really take their energy from being with people. So people who enjoy their alone time, what I'm finding is they seem to be struggling more with the lack of structure in their day. And saying, oh boy, I didn't realize how much I relied on external input to maintain my well-being and my structure. Wow, I've got to do this for myself now. And so we tend to talk about, um, you know, ways to structure the day, coming up with a morning ritual, um, figuring out what you have to get done that day and putting a time frame on it. It could be a loose time frame also. I mean, I like a list, so I like like. Nice list. I love a list. I know, right? Ooh, list. <laughs> um, 
But through the years, I've become very loose with my lists. Like, I, I don't do those kinds of lists you're seeing online all the time. Okay, 10 to 10.45, do this task. Then at 10.45, go to the bathroom. Wipe at 10.47. <laughs> you know, like, okay, you got to be a little loose. So for my, my more... Um, introverted people, that's what we're talking about. For the people who are more, you know, really feeling the lack of social contact, in-person social contact, we've really talked a lot more about um, ways to take a breath, kind of meditatively accept what is happening right now. And some of it is strategies. I've had, I've had several patients who are feeling rejected by their friends even with texting and chatting and, and realizing that, okay, where is this feeling of rejection coming from? And it's, it's helping us to dig into some of their underlying issues. So we're using it as a tool. But for the extroverted, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, I have been suggesting reaching out to your friends, doing video calls, doing group happy hours. Um, I had one patient who was talking about on Zoom, um, they did a group dance party. Oh, fun. You know, and so it's like being creative with your reaching out. Um, that can really help. And even if it's not, you know, I've, I've had a few people say, well, my friends are busy. Oh, someone, they're hunkering down with their boo and I don't have anyone. And so we talk about that, you know, therapeutically, we talk about how to process that. But the other thing is, you know, there's a lot of people online right now that you don't even know yet there's a lot of groups popping up hey let's do a social happy hour or um have, have, have we talked about groove groove no. the groove movement i am not gonna all right it's it's sort of like a dance exercise um god i, I know i'm going to use the wrong language to describe it and they a, a groover would be really pissed at me but it's it's this sort of you your body so i've, I've done this at the y um, and Leslie Howitt is my instructor, but it's this whole movement where it's not billed as exercise. It's sort of a playground for grownups where you play really cool music and they give you some basic steps and then you just use the room and express yourself and move your body around. It's like the, the groove movement is doing daily online lives that then they save so you can look at them whenever you want. And they do like a daily groove. But some folks who are doing groove are actually doing a live and allowing people to video call in and just like oh, dance. Oh, so happy in real time together, see each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like this slow um, ham. It's just a hand. Yeah, yeah. And people are doing that. And what I, I was encouraging a person, a patient yesterday who was really feeling lonely to explore some of these options outside of her group of friends and family and say, look, there's, there are social networks out there. You know, be smart, be responsible. But there really are a lot of outlets for this. Yeah, because I thought, uh, yeah. even for myself, I've been, um, so I've been doing improv comedy. Mm -hmm. here now I absolutely love it um, and so and that is so much about community right you're showing up to a place yeah. you're performing in front of people um, you're getting that that instant feedback of whether or not these jokes or not even jokes these situations that you're coming up with on stage uh -huh. are landing or not or whatever and so now that's all been stripped away oh yeah yeah it's weird we've been doing like what do you do with that okay <laughs> well we've been doing virtual shows uh -huh. And virtual um, jam, virtual mixer, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And recently, I did a show, and it was amazing. Like I was performing with these uh, these wonderful women mm -hmm. or non-binary um, performers, and it was just spectacular, like having that experience. But then, what I noticed that when I logged off, I was alone in my apartment. Oh yeah, weird, like high of being with everyone, uh -huh. and really feeling that, and then this instant crash of just mm -hmm. silence. And, yeah. I don't, and that was the first time since, since this whole um, lockdown has happened where I felt, um, I wouldn't say depressed, I wouldn't say sad, but somewhere in that in-between where it's like a little bit heavier than, mm -hmm. yeah. and I was like, whoa, what is going on? Why am I crying? I just did all this other fun stuff. What's happening? And, it, and I had to go to sleep. Reevaluate all of this tomorrow, <laughs> whatever is going on. And I had to really, you know, check in with myself because mm -hmm. like, I, yeah. I live alone. 
with my cat, but she's not talking. Let, let's keep it. Here. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, but your cat, that's her personality, right? <laughs> I see as a cat. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think Yanga, I think she can talk if she wanted to. Because <laughs> I see that expression in her face. She what? can. I really do. I, like, <laughs> I know, right? It's like she's, she's basically cursing me out right now. She's like, why are you trying to pick me up? <laughs> Why are you trying to put me down, woman? And then I hear like this weird raspy meow, and I'm like, "Wow, okay, sorry." <laughs> just, she's like, "Why are you? Why are you here all the time?" I know she's <laughs> she's hating it and loving it all at the same. Yeah, time. uh huh. <laughs> but but that's you know what she's hating it and loving it at the same time, and I think that speaks to what a lot of us are going through because there are you know it's like that's life also. But it's like, yeah, so you have this wonderful interaction online, and then, oh, wow, I'm really alone. Yeah, it, it, so, it amplified yeah. that. Like, mm -hmm. It know, underscores it. Sort of like, okay, fine, I was working from home. Occasionally I had to go into the office, or I was still texting people or reading things online, or, you know, whatever those things were going on. Uh -huh. That For some reason, that particular moment, it just yeah. really, yeah, it amplified the fact that I was like, wow. Yeah. I can't leave. I can't go for a drink after mm -hmm. these people. I can't yeah. have that kind of like physical, like, oh my God, great job. Mm -hmm. Give a hug or um, a high five or any kind of yeah. like that, that contact. And fist that's heavy for me. But yeah. Or even a fist bump, yeah. throw, throw, throwing a little elbow. Elbow. Yeah. <laughs> a little toe tap. Um, just not having that interaction. Like, mm -hmm. How do you put a, a period on, on yeah. this experience? And it was sort of like, it went from a hundred to zero. Yeah. Those moments, I always, there's a couple of things that strike me that it's like there are two different ways to handle that. Number one, that tells me, okay, practical action oriented course of action would be, all right, next time I do this or have a contact like this, what are some things I can already have set up to do to ease that transition? You know, like, oh, okay, after I'm done doing this great improv thing, I have scheduled a call with, I don't know, Lily. Right. Shout you know, out. <laughs> shout out to Lily. Um, <laughs> but so I think there are things to say, okay, now is time to meditate. That's my meditation time or whatever it is. Or, okay, now I get my cup of coffee or snack or whatever it is. Yeah, like let me have something else to look forward to, even if it's a different tone. The other piece of that, and this also mimics what I do with patients in therapy, when like, okay, there's a practical problem solving. Let's help you with that symptom and let's do something proactive. But then there's the, oh, what can I learn from this? Can I learn something about myself from this emotional reaction? And some of that is really saying like, okay, as you said, I'm going to sleep, I'll process it later. Like, okay, but you know, this whole week, this I'm calling it a week, optimistically. It's like, this is not just a week. This <laughs> no, is gonna go on. It's gonna be a good couple of months. Yeah, this time period can be a good opportunity to reflect on the stuff that we have, some of us have been working on in therapy or in other ways prior to this kind of shutdown. But look, we can, we take ourselves wherever we are, even into self-quarantine. Yes. And so, all right, what can this teach you about yourself? What if I don't want to learn about myself? Yeah, sorry, hon. <laughs> I know, we don't always want to, but you know something? I'm going to tell you, then at least acknowledge, I don't really feel like learning this right now. And then you put it aside and move on. So as long as you know what you're doing, it's easier to handle, I think. That's amazing, though. Like, I, I, I think mm -hmm. this is an interesting way of... Um, yeah, people don't like sitting with themselves a lot. People don't mm -hmm. like any of that stuff. And I know in the beginning, right. it was really hard for me to do that. And mm -hmm. over time, yeah. it was very second nature, just because I got tired mm -hmm. of listening to my own self, yammer <laughs> yeah. about like certain certain things. And it's like, okay, yeah. really, I'm based in all of this. Like, I'm the constant mm -hmm. factor in all these, these moments, these experiences, fine. So it became really easy. And I think now it's a matter of learning new stuff. You yeah, know, this is a, a brand new world, <laughs> new mm -hmm. territory. You know, yeah, where, where it's it's not as easy to run away from anymore. No, and here's what people are also dealing with: the theme of all the therapy sessions this week is a theme I often get to with patients anyway. But this seems to be really 
escalating people arriving here is that uncertainty, nobody likes uncertainty. And there's a sort of feeling of helplessness in the face of uncertainty. And this is what we're grappling with. And I think that's at the base of a lot of what people are feeling. I don't want to, you know, be reduction. I don't want to simplify, oversimplify, but look, nobody likes uncertainty. And then this sort of kind of forces us to look back and say, you know, life is uncertainty. Even when we feel like we have control, it's mostly the illusion of control. Right. You know, we have control over certain aspects of our life, but this is like, okay, we feel helpless when we don't know what's coming. And we really don't know what's coming. Right. I can totally see how this is stripping all of that away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Things exponentially faster. Is it like what yes. else do you have to focus on and distract yourself? Right, right. I was like, it's the the actual truth of we know nothing in the sense of mm-hmm. like our yeah. truly holds. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it? Yeah. I I found that um when, especially when I'm speaking to whether it's coworkers or friends, everyone mm-hmm. there's the ones who are panic buying, you know, mm-hmm. they're yeah. shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the ones who are just sitting at home watching the news nonstop, freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's my mom, which I love her to pieces. I wish she would just stay home. She has like this weird thing where I feel like now she keeps going to the store. No, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I and I I'm the one who's like, yeah. why are you? I was like, you need to sit home. Why are you going out? And I feel like I'm the parent now. It's really bizarre, yeah. but like, that's our dynamic anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so she's and she, her cooking has gotten amazing. I haven't really been able to see her. We've been doing these little mm-hmm. drop points. Oh, fun. Okay. Each other. No, not yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a clever way for us. To yeah, that's out. what I mean. It's like a way to make it a little more, you know, it's doable. You have your contact. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's just fascinating. So I'm just wondering, yeah. how, um, yeah, how are you dealing? Like, are you good? How are, mm-hmm. you know, are you hunkered mm-hmm. down um, having to navigate these same sort of things? It's it's been weird, you know. I'm hunkered down, and as you say, well, mom goes to the store a lot. I think, oh yeah, I've been going to the store because that's been the excuse to get out. And and there, you know, as I've been sitting around thinking, like, oh, you know. <laughs> all right. So I've done a lot of cooking, and I do this anyway, where I've made like black eyed peas, and I've got a bunch frozen, and I've got lentils that are frozen, and some that are not frozen, and chicken soup. But the other day, I looked and said, oh. I need to go get more Beano because if I'm going to be, so like little items that you need, like I need more Beano because if I'm going to be eating all these legumes, I'm going to be suffering unless I get more Beano. So I did a Beano. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> but you know, I think I have been doing that. I've been noticing. And yesterday I actually walked to my office to get the mail because um, I knew that the mail was there and there were some checks waiting. So I walked, went straight to the office, got the mail, disinfected, came home, disinfected. So it's, you know, I've been finding ways to get out appropriately, but it is sort of, okay, I've got, like, I have a list right here. have my list for today. And I make lists. I like to give myself that illusion of control. And, you know, what I've been doing is, on work days especially, I figure out what work needs to get done and what sessions I have. So it's like, okay, that's the core of my day. But I still keep my morning rituals. Like I wake up, I meditate for anywhere between two minutes and 30 minutes. So, and look, I have a two minute meditation, just keep that ritual, make my coffee. Um, You know, and then I will schedule my one movement break, like at least one exercise thing i'll schedule a fun thing i will schedule like a mindless netflix and chill kind of thing oh my gosh um last night i did for the first time i did a netflix watch party it was just really fun and that that actually did not leave me feeling heavy afterwards like i i I finished that i was like oh Mm -hmm. that was delightful and i went to bed maybe Mm -hmm. that's it maybe i keep going to bed after these major But I just, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Like having these little checkpoints. Yeah. Like I try to get something in every category for each day and say, okay, I'm going to have this, like, how am I going to socialize today beyond texting? And I think, look, texting is great. Um, Now, Eric is hunkered down at his place with his daughter. Um, His son is hunkered down with his ex-wife. 
And so it, it, we didn't, and that's been sort of like, oh, bummer that we didn't end up having to quarantine together. Right. That's, I mean, that's the thing mm-hmm. I think yes. is um, interesting because there are couples who are quarantined together. Yeah. Not yeah. Sick or anything. Like, beyond the health aspect of it, just for circumstantial reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I think, that must be even harder. I know I'm single and I, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm just like, oof, I kind of wish I was booed up. It'd be really great to quarantine with someone. But then mm-hmm. it's like, wow, I might hate you by the end of this. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love you by the end of this. Like I've been hearing such polarizing experiences yeah. from people, you know? Some people are like, oh, I'm remembering why we fell in love or why we got married. And yeah. other people are like, I need to get those divorce papers signed. And they were yeah. having problems before, you know? Or maybe not, um, uh, problems that were in the forefront, I should say, because if you're yeah. already ready to sign divorce papers at this point, it's mm-hmm. like, there was some, st- some stuff bubbling underneath the surface, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is really kind of, like we said, it's sort of expediting people's processing of relationships. And I'm hearing about this too. People who, um, actually I have one couple who broke up uh, just because of their different responses to the pandemic. Really? One was more, and now, okay, was that the real reason? Like the, this was emblematic of a lot of differences in the way they perceive the world, the way they perceive, the way they communicate. And this just underscored it. And the woman said, look, you're, you're so lax about this. I can't be with a person who doesn't care about other people. And listen, I think, does this, does the spouse not care about other people? You know, Maybe, maybe not. But I think this just underscored a lot of the issues they've been having. And so they're, you know, they're moving forward with that separation. And I, yeah, it's... Where are they going? (laughs) Well, for them, they didn't end up at the same place because he was out with the boys partying. And so he is off somewhere. So there's, you know, there are layers to these stories. But I think relationships, it is very interesting because some people feel like they're drawing closer together. And I'm thinking of another patient where I think there's going to be an engagement in the near future as a result of them being sort of, I guess, whatever word we're using, hunkering down, quarantined together. So I think people are learning also, though, that they need to work on their communication skills. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing and crazy. <clears throat> this whole thing is an opportunity for all of us to work on communication skills. Yeah, because that's all we have at this yeah. point. Right. We can't hide mm-hmm. behind anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, you're noticing the people who are reaching out. You're noticing yeah. people who aren't. You're noticing mm-hmm. people who are finding their own creative ways of getting through this. And yeah noticing people who are kind of disappearing and it almost Mm -hmm. maybe i should check on that person like what's going on Uh you know and and just really it's a chance of yeah it's a chance to really communicate and be more observant and present Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i found that for me like being present initially was really hard not during this particular Mm -hmm. thing i think understanding the idea of um yeah, living in the, in the moment, being mindful. Mm-hmm. Those tools are really, really hard because all I was yeah. noticing is how crappy the world is. When I first started learning all of these yes. mindful tools mm-hmm. and being present, which then made me slightly resentful towards um, people who practiced yoga and meditated because I felt like all the time, and I mind you, I'm a hardcore yogi. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> really yeah. practiced, got my yoga whole deal but like because they're constantly speaking about mindfulness mindfulness but i'm like you're not talking about any of the real things that are happening in the world you're not talking about anything of substance and it was just making and now here we are it's been a couple of years and we're back to being again mindful and well mindful really is more like mindful really just means living in the moment and noticing stuff Right, but how are you not right? And around you and just right. like ignoring it? That was driving me crazy. I think about with right. Yeah, because you and I, I think, are similar in that we tend to be like we're into meditation, we're into yoga, we're into all this, but we're like cynical. You know, it, it's like we talk <laughs> that sort of like we don't want any bullshit. So right. if someone says. <laughs> It's real. I think we're similar in that. So one example is something that I, it's funny, I sort of recommend it, but I also know that my gut response when someone says to do this is go to hell. I'm not going to do that. Just shut up. You don't know my life. Okay. 
you. Okay, let me hear yeah. this out of here. <laughs> gratitudes, daily gratitudes. What are you grateful for? And I'm just like, right now, I'm not fucking grateful for anything. Uh-oh, you know what's I, I keep. No, I keep. I actually, in my journal, I do keep mm-hmm. a gratitude page. And I yeah. will say that um, it's helped me in the past. Currently, I've noticed that I'll go three days without filling it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting in this week, and I and I and I will backtrack and just think, and I'll look at the mm-hmm. thing, like, why am I so resistant all of a sudden mm-hmm. towards my gratitude page? So I, I so I'm, I'm on the fence with you with that one. Yeah, you like it, but right now right. I feel there's it's a weird moment for it. Right. Well, look, I think what is useful because I always resist when I'm going through a rough time and someone says, "Give me a gratitude." There's a there's a tone of positive energy, and And I think, you know, maybe I don't need a gratitude right now, but I have to say when I do it, it is a useful reminder that, okay, in the midst of all this garbage that is coming across my plate, all right, there are things I'm grateful for, even little things. And it can be sort of a fun thing to look at what you are grateful for. Even like, oh, I'm grateful, I don't know, that I like this purple shirt I'm wearing. I like this color and I'm grateful that I get to wear this purple shirt with a turtle on it. And, you know, down to I'm grateful for the people in my life. I I think when someone tells you to do gratitudes, there is this unspoken implication that how dare you fret come up with a gratitude, you ungrateful person. Yes. (laughs) And that I do not like. (laughs) You know, then yes, we're on the same page because I, I, Mm -hmm. I appreciate them. I think just because, like you said, it's nice to look back on these little mm-hmm. moments and to isolate them in, in yeah. like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, that was such a nice little nugget in this great thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. But when, like, you're right. When people offer it up, like, well, why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. It's almost as if to say, like, you're not grateful or you don't mm-hmm. know to take care of those things or whatever it is. It just, it's yes. A very weird, it's the tone. You're right. It's the tone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm sometimes. Something if someone says things in a weird tone to me, I'm like, ugh. Right. Now, here's the thing that I have noticed, though. Sometimes the tone is not actually coming from them, but I am perceiving it through my own filter. And I admit I have a tendency to perceive things like that as if the tone was smug and condescending, even if it wasn't. So, okay, I got to own that. Look what I am owning in the midst of the pandemic. I think that uh, you're evolving and it's a beautiful process to watch. (laughs) Isn't it beautiful? We're all very different. We all have different ways of experiencing things. But like, what would you think Uh are some, some easy to do tips if someone Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, going back to the introvert, extrovert Mm -hmm. experience, like, you know, like, like you were saying, having a loose guideline or list. Mm -hmm. What could be something that would help the extrovert? You know, I think with the extroverts, it is, in some ways, I encourage them to try to sit with their feelings and learn a little bit more about, like, themselves if they don't have all this social input. So that's if they're in therapy with me, because then we can then process it. Um, You know, if they're not having an outlet to process that, you know, this might not be the best time to sit with it, depending on what their situation is. But I always say, okay, you know, make a list, because I love lists. Think of ways that you can reach out during the day and give yourself like almost like breakfast, lunch, dinner, morning, noon, evening, give yourself a social outlet and figure out how to do this. Even, even if it's joining in to, you know, there's a lot of free chats now or um, free video performances and interactive on Facebook, there, there are people who say, okay, I'm going to do a Facebook Live, let's interact. So I think, okay, that could be an outlet. Um, you know, kind of like meetups, except online. Come <laughs> <It's laughs> up with a date with a friend. You know, really, okay, this person's not reaching out to you. Think of which of your friends fall on the extrovert end of the spectrum. If you're home and you're an extrovert, and you are trying to badger your introvert friends into interacting with you, that's just going to make things feel worse. So what I've said, what I've said to people is, you know, think of the people who would be happy to have more interaction and set up some dates with them, like set up some virtual dates, because that's important. Another thing is, you know, if you're doing something, this is always like that volunteer and help others. But if you're being one of the helpers, 
it kind of takes you out of yourself for a moment and allows you to forget how lonely you are and make yourself feel like you're doing something. And P.S. You are doing something useful. So I think, you know, finding a way to do that. And there's like right now, honestly, the Internet is our best friend. Yeah, technology. Could you imagine going yeah. way back in like the 1800s? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It's all mm-hmm. under volume. Yeah, yeah. So what about people who are, I was thinking about this the other day, people who live with, um, who, who rely on AA, um, alcohol mm-hmm. yeah. or any yeah. kind of um, drug. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. or, or not therapy, I guess it's counseling. Those, yes. Those uh, yeah. You know, in the situation, that's not there anymore. You know, yeah. and I and I just my heart really um, hurts mm-hmm. when I think yeah. about the situations and and just mm-hmm. hoping that there's no means of uh, yeah. You know, like going to a meeting physically also takes you away from access to whatever your drug of choice is. Um, so that's important. But I actually posted a link on my Facebook page. Um, there are a bunch of online and interactive meetings that are going on. I mean, a lot of this does depend on people having internet access. And I know there are people out there who don't. Yeah. But I think that's a trickier situation. Um, but for people who have internet access, there actually are a surprising number of meetings that are mobilizing and going online. I'll definitely share that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have it again. It's I posted it. Um, I poached it from a friend and posted it on my page because I thought this is amazing that it's, you know, people out there who need support can get the support. Listen, we are technically like I'm not usually authorized to do telepsychiatry, but temporarily till the end of this crisis, whenever that is, I am freely authorized to do this. And most insurance plans are actually covering it. Amazing. So, so that has been so, put, put in place for yeah. um, most there or all therapists at this yeah. point online. Yeah. This mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm loving to, I'm loving how people are proactively mm-hmm. changes to, yeah. to, to support one another when, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of companies yeah. still very selfish in their approach yeah. to their employees and what they're asking of them um, yeah. and what they're providing to them. But I, mm-hmm. I, I really, I think it's better just to focus on the ones that are lifting up the ones that are making these. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if, and given that you're supposed to be technically licensed to do tele, tele, tele right. Tele- yeah. Uh-huh. Tele, tele, tele whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy online. Therapy <laughs> online. And they're allowing you to do this. That yeah. just so much they, 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 they want to the human spirit. And I think we need more of that, especially now. Yes. Yeah. And look, I think prioritizing mental health in this way is terrific. Yeah, I feel like I'm seeing that so much more where people are mm-hmm. speaking about self-care. People are speaking yeah. about yeah. Um, just, just being good to yourself. You know, yeah. time running, 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 running. And now it's almost mm-hmm. like being in, in middle school again and, and it's the summer. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to yeah. wait for a particular time to go yes. somewhere. So it's like you get a chance to reconnect with things that bring you joy mm-hmm. or at least try yeah connect with those things. So that's the beauty I feel that's yes. out of out of this really horrible situation. Yeah. Sorry about the freak. And the thing is I don't I have a yeah. calm about it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm in denial or if this is just part of my temperament or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people around me are freaking out. I'm just kind of like, you know, if it's my time, it's my time, which is not the attitude I know mm-hmm. that people want to hear. Well but why I, does it have to be a weird calm though? Can you just be calm? I mean I think that's just it. Like I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I call it weird just because in, in yeah. comparison to other people, like yeah. I get extra calm. Like I have a friend who's like constantly yeah. sending me uh, news links. I'm like, you do realize I work in news. Like I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yes. and yeah. it, it cracks me up because she works in news as well. I'm like, you've already. Yeah. And it's yeah. to watch that spiral happen. And I'm just yes. like, yeah. I find myself getting extra calm as yeah. other yeah. people are spiraling. So that's what I mean when I say like, uh-huh. it's yeah. I feel like I have to like then just like chill out to yeah. like balance everything. Right. Um, but yeah, it just, there's a sort Cause of- people are losing their shit. Yes. They really are. People are. And, and, and in ways where I find surprising or fast, yeah. or you didn't anticipate. Yes. I was going to say people that are like, Oh, I did not expect that reaction from that person. And I'm experiencing that. My patients are experiencing that. It's like, okay, well, the unexpected. Hmm. 
new information to integrate about this person. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really, really hard. Oh, you know, I've thought about you because, because um, I think about you because I love you and you're my oh, friend. I love you too. Thank you for thinking. But one of the things I thought about was, you know, one of the recommendations I make to people is that, like, okay, it is important to be informed. So, you know, you can turn the news on, get a snippet of news, watch it for a half hour, and be informed. You know, this 24-7 news cycle, it's great because at any point you can get the news, but it doesn't mean you have to be watching it 24-7, and you could really go down a rabbit hole. Now, for a person whose job it is <laughs> to have this slap them in the face 24-7, nearly, well, not 20, but like, you can't just say, okay, I'm only gonna expose myself to the news for 20 minutes a day. You know, you know, I was thinking, oh, wow, that must be a challenge to... Yeah, it's been a very interesting situation because I've been... Um, I only I do only watch twenty to thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. but I will read stuff because uh -huh. there's something about at least for me personally, there's mm -hmm. a very different way of processing when something is it's in my face and I'm getting like this mm. information yeah. from me by somebody else's voice, someone else's tone, uh -huh. someone else's energy, someone else, like all of those things are factored in when receiving that type of information, right? So this person is talking. Yeah. And they're speaking in an angry tone or they're speaking in a panicked sort of um, tone or the, or uncertainty in their voice it then causes like me to respond a certain way so mm -hmm. i only watch certain things for about 20 to 30 minutes and then the rest of it i read like I, that way yeah. i'm filtering out all of yeah. that other mm -hmm. stuff um so yeah i trust sources like ap news or reuters newswire uh, yeah um just because those are supposed to be and i say supposed to be because you know mm -hmm. it's still ran by a person there's still right. um, there's nothing perfect, but at least with them, they're not they're they're not giving their opinion like a lot of the other major yeah outlets. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the facts, and so once you have the facts, you can then put your own take on how does that work in your life. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, but there's so much stuff to read and sift through, and there's so much um, yeah. people retweeting um, satire stories and not realizing that they're satire. Yes, I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thing that I think is adding to other people's anxieties. Mm -hmm. so yeah. The thing that I would love for people to take away from this experience of going through this crisis is take two mm -hmm. extra seconds to go to whatever news source is about page and just read to yes. see what they are about. If you know it's yeah. a, a slew of misspellings, they're probably not a really great source. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. happens, but like, right. you know, those types of things. That's how I've been dealing. Just really yeah. trying to, when I see people posting, um, now I don't want to use the term fake news, but whatever, people mm -hmm. posting things that aren't true, I try to go in and be like, well, actually, this is what it really is, and here's a good thing yeah. for that if you want to learn more. So, mm -hmm. yeah, actually, I was thinking about you. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're here. And we're yeah, it's, I know. Well, it's a similar process. I'm thinking, okay, you can't really turn off the news because of what you do. Um, I, it, it must be a similar process because as you're talking, I think about like when, you know, right now I'm in private practice and that's all I do. So I, you know, I see a number of patients every day and I'm dealing with people in crisis, people not in crisis, a lot of people's emotions, feelings. When I was um, the unit chief at Bellevue on the child inpatient unit, all day, you're, you're being inundated with some very difficult information, sad, tragic stories, horrific events. And people have asked me for years, like, wow, how do you, how do you cope with that? And I think, you know, there is a certain way of being able to distance yourself from the suffering of others in order to be more effective at helping them. Because if you tell me a sad story and I get all immersed in your sad story, then there's two sad people and nobody, like we're both sinking. Someone's got to be able to say, wait a second, I got the little life raft here. Yeah. And you know, put your own oxygen on before you help someone else. Mixed metaphors there. <laughs> we're we're sinking in the ocean. Wait, I need oxygen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bottom line, you gotta save yourself before you can save us. Right, and I think in some ways you you realize when you say, "Oh, I'm oddly calm." In some ways, we both have to tap into that calmness in order to keep ourselves safe and, you know, 
at ease while we're trying to help other people or trying to, you know, I think, so you do develop a way to distance yourself from that and say, okay, that is theirs. This is mine. And, you know, other people like surround yourself with white light and there are different ways, different metaphors. That's another one that I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> but the idea is put on your armor, like put on your coating, not really armor because armor kind of keeps you away from others, but, you know, put your protection on and then be able to be there for people. Get your hazmat suit out. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the new yeah. um, metaphor for now is uh, we yeah. have we had the life raft. Now we have, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that's how we are evolving <laughs> as a society. Or I don't know. Um, well, evolving, devolving. Uh, we can evolve even as other things devolve around us. Okay, so it's about we can, we can. It's it's a lot about mindset. But something you said earlier, it was just about accepting, like seeing things. You know, the idea of acceptance. When you say, "All right, we need to accept." what things are. Acceptance doesn't mean we have to embrace it and love it. Correct. But it's, you know, I think what is always useful, and I tell my patients this, like seeing things clearly for what they are is always the best place to start. Right now, your point also is that, well, it's hard to know clearly what things are. But what is clear is, oh, wow, this, these are uncertain times where we are getting a mishmash of news and we really have to figure out what to trust what not to trust so right now wow things are uncertain and ambiguous and wow that doesn't feel great if you start from that rather than no nah, everything's fine everything's going to be fine i'm going to spring break you know that's living in a world of denial <laughs> right so it's worth it to say okay let's see things for what they are Ooh, these things are ugly i'm going to now dwell on that that's not always the most useful route to go but i think just starting from a platform of accepting, all right, this is the new order of things at this moment. Starting from that platform, what can I do to make myself feel more at peace with what's happening? And I mean, this kind of evolves into sort of Buddhist way of thinking that you're familiar with. You know, we as humans really wanna be happy. We don't want to be upset or sad or distressed. And when things are neutral, we're bored and we want to go to happy end. And, you know, I think that's not a realistic goal. The goal is to say, all right, how are things and how can I navigate all of these states with more ease? So that involves grasping that, okay, when I'm not feeling great, I need to kind of acknowledge I'm not feeling great. You know, not not let that feeling start to rule me and run my life you know don't put it in the driver's seat but just say yeah look this is hard and what can i do to find moments of joy and ease in this i think that's just it i think it's it's a balance of staying informed mm -hmm. staying, finding ways to stay happy and staying connected and yeah that's where the sweet spot i think uh -huh. yeah one other thought was, you know, in psychiatry, when you're a trainee and when you are passing these exams that they give you to like, okay, how are you at assessing and creating a treatment plan? There's a lot of talk about the biopsychosocial approach. And I think it is, so biopsychosocial, sounds so fancy. Um, so, all right, biologically, what do you need? Psychologically, what do you need? Socially, what do you need? And I think, oh, wow, huh, going back to this biopsychosocial approach, you know, biologically, what do we need physically? We need to, you know, and I look at it and say, well, for me, I need some movement. I need my body to move. I need, to, in order to feel good, I need to have some movement and exercise. I need to eat decently and not sit home and like people stocking up on Cheetos. Okay, enjoy your Cheeto snacks. Go for it. But you know, what do you need to be healthy? You need to get whatever medications you might need. You, you know, whatever you need to keep your body healthy, we've got to do that. Psychologically, psychosocial kind of goes together, but psychologically, what are your triggers that upset you and how can you manage your triggers? Um, what do you need to have some joy in your life? and find those sources of joy. Figure out, take some time to think about, oh, what does bring me joy? And what can I find in this, look, I can't leave the house, or I can only leave for limited amounts of time. What can I do here that's gonna bring me joy? I, I, you know, I like to do projects that make me feel accomplished. 
So even like I went through a pile of papers that was on my kitchen counter forever. And it's like, oh, okay, I can feel accomplished here. It's not work, but it's something else that makes me feel accomplished. And then our social needs. How can we meet our social needs? And we've talked a lot about that, how to reach out to others. So I think going through that, I think, well, yeah, there is something to that. You know, they drilled into us every time we give them an answer. Well, from a biopsychosocial perspective, blah, 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 blah. And I think, oh, well, okay. We do need to take care of ourselves physically and emotionally. And the social piece is going to be important for that. All right, here we are. Final notes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got an unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinions are ideas that completely contradict the conventional status quo. However, it is just that, an opinion. What's an unpopular opinion you hold on any subject matter? Okay. I thought about, we touched on this a little bit. I think what comes across as an unpopular opinion to many people is, I think we don't need to think positively all the time. You know, this think positive, turn that frown upside down. No. You know, like sometimes things suck. You got to embrace the suck for what it is. And like, you don't need to turn that frown upside down. I agree with you. I think sometimes um, those po think positive kind of aspects feel sort of like semi-bullying. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to be like, how dare you? <laughs> So that's a popular opinion with you, so. <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah. <laughs> What's the lesson that's taking you the longest to learn? Oh. Let me see if I can, it, like how to let go. And by that, I mean let go of mindsets that were holding me back. Like the idea of perfection or to let go of certain relationships in my life, people not being who I wanted them to be to me. And just, it's taken me a long, long, long time. Still, you know, not always, not easy, but oh man, I used to hang on to like, oh, this breakup happened, my life is over, I'm unhappy, or I can't achieve this level of perfection, oh, I failed. And so it's taken a long time and a lot of psychotherapy, psychoanalysis. Um, but, you know, I think I've, you know, it's always an evolution, but I'm past the point, like, okay, all right, I, I got it, I got it now. I see this. Name a book that changed your life. Hmm. You know, it's funny, that goes, that goes in with what I thought about when we talked about motto. And it's the book Illusions by Richard Bach. It really resonated with me. I read it probably in college and I read it again. It has a lot of sort of Buddhist kind of content. This idea that, you know, life is not always what we think it is if we open our minds and try to see what's really in front of us. So can I move into my motto? <laughs> I mean, you made a beautiful transition. So yes, what is your motto? The motto is a quote from the book that says, argue for your limitations and sure enough, they're yours. And it's, it's almost a, a version of Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and oh boy, Eric hates when I say that to him. And yes, granted, if you are learning a new skill, you can't just do it, you gotta try and practice. And I get it, but in a different way, it's like, okay, we're really, really smart people and we're good and I in the past have been very good at coming up with all sorts of reasons for why I couldn't do certain things. And stepping back, there've been a lot of things where I've learned like, oh, wow, if I just do it. You know, I'm trying to clean up my desk. No, I'm not trying. I, I know I have the skills, let me just do it. But even things like, oh, I'm not a swimmer and you know this, you know this about me. I learned to swim when I was 30. I was, a, I was an anxious kid. I was afraid of the water. My parents were not swimmers. I never learned. And at 30, somehow something hit me like, oh, Mia, take some lessons. And as a result of that, you know, my very favorite thing to do now is scuba diving. So oh, you're constantly, you know, you're a fish. You're a fish. So argue for your limitations and you get to keep them. But if you're not trying to make a case for all your limitations, who knows where you can go? 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, so good. What song would be the theme music to your life? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, the first song, this would not be the theme music. <laughs> My first thought, and I'm going to admit this to you, was <laughs> Marilyn Manson, The Dope Show, because I like the music and I like to strut around to that music. You know, that could be your entrance song. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's but, your entrance song. There we go. Yes, but the theme music for my life, Cat Stevens, If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out, Ooh. kind of goes with the other themes too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There were a couple of times in my life when I made decisions to get off the treadmill of what I was doing and do something different that felt fairly radical at the time. And before each of these decisions, I had that playing on my cassette tape. So I had to play it over and over. I had to play it and then rewind it, play it again. But it really is like, okay, you know what? You, you got some choices. And even within limited choices, or even when you're confined to your apartment, you still have choices about how to be confined to your apartment. Okay, last one. Mm -hmm. Love is? Love is. And I think love is a choice to connect to that, um, that thing that is common to all people. You know, almost the concept of namaste, you know, like, I think it's a choice to be open to connecting to the humanity and other people. And, and recognizing that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. I know. It's been so fun. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Sammy, a podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. You can catch me on all social media platforms at chasing underscore Sammy. Would you like to share your story with me? I'm always down for a good chat. Go to samilee.com to get in touch. That's S-A-M-M-E-E-L-E-I-G-H dot com. Until next time.